Hi, welcome to the Speaking Postpartum Podcast, hosted by myself, Ryan Speak, where women share their stories about their postpartum journeys. Come along with me to listen to their stories of the struggles, the joys, and the many things that go unsaid when it comes to postpartum. This is Speaking Postpartum. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, Tell me a little bit about you and your family. Okay. Well, um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart, um, and I would like it on the record that we met in drama class. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We've been together for 20 years. We've been married for 16, and we have uh, three kids. Caleb is 12, Lily is 10, and Clementine is five. That's so fun. Yeah. I can't believe you guys are high school sweethearts. That's really cool. Oh yeah. It's, it's super fun and crazy. What, what and, grade did you meet in? Well, uh, that's just debatable, disputable, <laughs> debatable. Um, uh, I say we met when we were sophomores and TJ says that we met when we were freshmen. But, but you don't remember that. <laughs> no, I, he says it was at a basketball game. I don't remember. <laughs> You're like, doesn't count. <laughs> no clue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's fun. Cool. Tell me a little bit about, so you have three kids. Tell me a little bit about each pregnancy and each birth experience for you. Totally. Um, so Caleb was my first one, um, 12 stinking years ago. Um, I was the first one of my friends to get married. So I was the first one of them to have a baby. Um, I have uh, four other siblings. I was the first one to have a baby. So it was all like such a shock in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. I think the pregnancy for Caleb was fairly normal. Um, I was like slightly nauseous, um, but nothing too crazy. Um, he always, always had measured large. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were always, um, kind of wondering about his due date, if his due date should have been pushed back or, you know, however that, however that goes. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was induced with him because he was a week late. Um, I was in labor for 26 hours. Um, I had an epidural, which I, I went into pregnancy thinking I, I would just really like the doctor to open me up and take this baby out. Like (laughs) I did the easiest possible. Yes. I didn't even, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't (laughs) didn't want any part of it. I was not going to have a water bath in my house. I Mm -hmm. was not going to, um, you know, my mom did Bradley method with me back in the eighties. And I I was like, great, that is good for you. I am not, (laughs) not happening. So, um, so yeah, had an epidural, um, I, I pushed for around four hours with Caleb. Mm -hmm. Um, they had to use the vacuum to help get him out. Um, and yeah, he was, he was huge. He was almost nine pounds. Um, (laughs) and uh, yeah, I, I just remember being in so much pain, like when, um, my uterus was contracting back down to Mm -hmm. size, um, shortly after delivery that, it was just like one of those things that people don't talk about that people don't, oh, tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. you know, they, they tell you, Oh, 
you know, what to prep for, like with contractions and how to breathe. And they don't tell you everything afterwards. And because Mm -hmm. you were huge, it was just, it was so painful. And I just remember just, I couldn't see anybody who had come to, you know, who was waiting in the hospital to see him as the first baby. And I just felt awful. And he had low blood sugar and they gave him a bottle and it was just, oh my gosh, just so many things that, yeah, no, this is not, no, this is not what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like I was like that with Jude with the first one where like they were just doing things and I was like, okay, I don't, yeah, sure. Like, sure, sure. But like, you're, you don't know, like you think like this is what you're supposed to do. This is how, like, you don't know what to say. Right. I had, I had written, you know, um, a birth plan, whatever that meant. (laughs) (laughs) It's just comical to me now. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was quite, quite the shock. Um, and the, you remember, so with Luca, when she was born, when I would nurse her, those like uterus contractions were horrible, but I don't remember them being as horrible with, Jude like they hurt a lot but I didn't remember them being as horrible as Luca and the nurse was like oh yeah like subsequent pregnancies like it gets worse do you feel like that was true for you um no uh wait a minute no I don't I don't think so but uh, that's probably because I didn't get a chance to nurse okay either of my kids for very long okay um but yeah that's a whole other yeah, it's a whole other story. Um, okay. we'll get <laughs> so yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay. So then with Lily, um, again, like a fairly regular pregnancy, um, I did have placenta previa, um, mm. partial. And so, um, I had to be monitored a little bit more, which wasn't too concerning. I didn't have to be on bed rest or anything like that. Um, but I did get a couple of extra ultrasounds, which is, you know, fun. Um, I was fairly confident going in to Lily's pregnancy because I felt like, okay, I have had a baby before I've had the epidural. I know what it is to push one out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know all of these things that, um, you know, I was, uh, yeah, again, fairly confident going in. I feel like, with Lily, I was just so excited that she was a girl. I, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to buy all the dresses and all the things and, um, you know, do all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I was a little nervous with how Caleb would be with her. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Caleb, my oldest, he's 12, he's on the autism spectrum. Um, and when, I was pregnant with Lily was when we first started seeing signs Mm. of that. And so, um, the closer I got to my due date, um, you know, people would say, Oh, like, how do you think Caleb's going to be with a baby sister? Oh, he's going to be so great. He's going to be. And I, I had none of that. I was like, "I I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. Um, you know, and I couldn't really, I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what it was, um, but I knew that it would be like a bit of a challenge for him. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, going back to her birth, she was born on her due date. She came like, yeah, my water broke in the morning. We were going to have, you know, a day with Caleb and, um, yeah, we just went straight to the hospital Um, I had to be on oxygen a little bit because when I'd have contractions, her 
um, heart rate would go down. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be on oxygen for a little bit um, of that. But yeah, she came flying out and uh, weighed the same as Caleb, <laughs> but wow. I didn't have to push for as long. <laughs> didn't need a vacuum <laughs> for her. Um, and she was a big old screamer. Yeah. She just came, came raring to go. So yeah. Um, and then with Clementine, the surprise of our lives, um, <laughs> um, uh, Clementine's pregnancy was fairly fine. Um, I had the worst nausea of either kid um, and terrible heartburn. I had gestational diabetes, which mm. I felt like a failure for, which mm. I mean, it's just a part of your, you know, it's happens to everybody, not everybody, but I mean, a ton you know, of people. Yeah. It happens to a ton of people. And, um, anyway, I just, I felt like I had done something wrong that, mm. you know, and I was not into having to change my food, my diet. Yeah. And everything. So I was just super frustrated about that. But otherwise, um, I really, uh, like I enjoyed her pregnancy more than the other two. Um, I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of being pregnant in general. Like I didn't enjoy all of the changes and, um, like growing this human, you know, I just, (laughs) I just wanted, I wanted my baby. (laughs) I didn't want to be pregnant, but with Clementine, I feel like, uh, I enjoyed it a bit more. Um, Yeah. Uh, she was born at 36 and six. So she was a day shy of being full term. Mm-hmm. Um, my water broke at home. Um, the, every babysitter <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> pick up the phone. <laughs> oh, man. Um, TJ was trying to get off work. Uh, my brother was on his way to, uh, the airport. Um, to fly home to Houston, uh, cause he was out for a visit and he ended up driving me to the hospital and I had oh Jenna, gosh. Jenna came over and saved the day and <laughs> stayed with oh my, my kid. I think so, I remember this. I think I remember, I think I babysat for Jenna while she went over there. <laughs> that would have made sense. And her, she and her mom came over. Yeah. That was a riot. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah, my brother drove like fast as lightning and, um, you know, was like, are you sure you want me to stop it in and out on the way? You're not going to be able to eat for a while. <laughs> like, Come on, just get me to the hospital. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I, we were in the hospital for 11 hours until she was born. I had an epidural again. Um at one point I wasn't progressing, uh, mm-hmm. and the epidural had worn off. And I just remember I was lying on my side, having contractions, experiencing contractions, mm-hmm. um, at eight centimeters and mm-hmm. had the worst heartburn. And I just remember singing this old hymn, <laughs> like Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, like just get this baby out of <laughs> Get the anesthesiologist over here to top off my epidural. Right. Come um, push this real I quick. Know. Yeah. But um, there was uh, another bag of fluid that hadn't broken or oh. whatever. I don't know. There was something in the way. The nurse, you know, reached up and 
I don't know, did a little magic trick and, you know, out she came. Like I, I pitched five times and she came absolutely flying out. Um, and she was the tiniest little peanut. Um, and then of course I had the room full of the, um, the, the NICU staff. Is that, is that right? Like, um, because they were concerned that she was so early. Yeah. They had, you know, extra staff in there. Right. They had extra people waiting and helping. Yeah. And they just like took a look at her and they were like, okay, bye. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) She looks fine. (laughs) She was great. So, um, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. Her birth sense. So, I mean, unexpected. And then also going into labor early, very unexpected. Yes, totally. I mean, she was, she was a big surprise. Being pregnant with her was a huge surprise for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Caleb and Lily are two and a half years apart. And then four years later came Clementine. And so, um, yeah, she, she was a surprise. Her birth was a surprise. You know, it was all, it, it happened before the baby shower. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> all the things. So yeah, that's insane. Wow. Those are some fun stories. Though. I like those. Yeah. It's crazy. It was, that's it, was it was, I feel like it, it's such a range. Like, oh yeah. Of Absolutely. Um, was Caleb late or he was time? late. He was okay. a week late. Okay. Yeah, Lillian was right. on her due date and then Clementine was early. Like, wow. They just like crazy. went back. <laughs> I know. And they are so different as human beings. <laughs> That's so funny. Right now. So it's, yeah. Okay. And then tell me, um, let's hear a little bit about each postpartum journey where they mm-hmm. kind of intersect similarities, differences. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So with Caleb, I mean, going back, he was the first one. I didn't have any friends with babies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom's, I, I mean, I just had my mom and TJ's mom really to glean from. Um, so yeah, it was just, uh, it was just such a shock, yeah. um, to my body, to my emotions, my hormones. Um, nursing was absolutely painful. Um, it was, it wasn't until, it wasn't until Lily that I figured out Mm -hmm. that anatomically, uh, I wasn't able to. So I going into pregnancy with Caleb, I wanted so bad to nurse. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this, I don't know why this is actually a running joke in the family, but there's kind of a running (laughs) joke that, um, I was the only one, I'm one of five kids and, uh, I was the only one that my mom nursed for the entire year. She says with no solid foods. And so I felt like, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. I just, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. And it just wasn't. And it was so hard. And I felt like a total failure formula Mm -hmm. is expensive Um, but it was just, it was just so absolutely, absolutely painful. Um, so then I also had a huge episiotomy that Mm. did not heal correctly. I had to go back in like just literally sitting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was just terrible. Um, so yeah, um, that was hard. Um, we were living with TJ's family 
and at the time because he was about to enter boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is uh, a whole other part of, I don't know, just trying to be a mom in your own space is mm-hmm. so much different than when you're in someone else's space um, who, you know, absolutely wonderful people, beautiful people, um, so helpful, so generous, so kind. Um, but it's just different, you know? Yeah. So I felt like I, you know, wanted to do everything the right way. I, I didn't like upsetting people. So I tried everything to, um, you know, make his routine good, um, to, I don't know, help him be a good baby, which, what does that even mean? Like, you know, babies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he was a pretty good sleeper. Um, but even at a very young age, he was, um, adverse to sounds and even songs like at Mm. four months old. Um, I would always sing one song and then I started singing, um, a different Beatles song and he cried and it was just, and then I went back to the original song and he was just, you know, thumb in his mouth and totally fine. So, um, So yeah, I just, I knew, you know, with TJ being gone, I just, I felt totally anxious. I felt um, stressed all the time. Um, I didn't know whether that was environmental because I wasn't in my own home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I thought like, well, maybe I'll ask the doctor for something. Maybe I'll ask the doctor for something to help me be a bit more calm. I don't think it's that serious because you know, I really think it's just all this stuff going on, like mm-hmm. husband, you know, in boot camp, and then, you know, being with family, and then him being my first baby. So, um, so I did, I asked the doctor, and, you know, he gave me something for an as needed um, medication uh, mm-hmm. to help with my anxiety. Um, and, and it, it did, it did help. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just remember, like, <laughs> I just remember hating when people would go, oh, when he was crying, I just, I wanted to scream, like, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want him to cry, <laughs> like, it was just right. so overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Um. And so, so, yeah, there's, yeah, that was a little bit of, of Caleb. He was such a sweet baby, but he did like things a particular way, even yeah. at a teeny tiny baby that I just bent over backwards. Like I did everything I could. Um, I tried to control so much, mm-hmm. um, and so much of the world around him, um, that it just was like driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's some kind of life metaphor in there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was a bit of Caleb. Yeah. Uh, and then with Lily, um, again, I was fairly confident going into, um, you know, birthing her and then having her as a baby. Um, my episiotomy was not as bad. Um, so okay. it was really nice that I didn't have to heal from that. Um, and when, when I attempted to nurse her, um, 
was when the lactation consultant was like, oh, you're doing it wrong. Oh, this is what, this is what you need. No, this, no, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And so I just, it was just totally soul crushing to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, again, like fairly soon after, um, I think when TJ went back to work, I just, I, you know, I had a two-year-old and my husband's going back to work and the baby is not nursing. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I can't, I, I can't, I'm going, I'm, we're doing formula with Lily too. I just can't. And yeah. you know, he was like, that's fine. Of course. You know, and he was so absolutely supportive, but I, there was just, oh my gosh, so much of what you hope for. Like you just almost have to grieve, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Sounds kind of silly saying it, but, um, but yeah. So, um, anyway, with Lily, um, I feel like I missed so much of her infancy, um, because I was so concerned with Caleb. Um, Mm -hmm. when he was two and a half, she was born and that's when, um, we were almost certain he was autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, he had words and, you know, not to make this all about that, cause that could be for an entirely other <laughs> podcast, <Yeah>. but, <laughs> um, uh, one of his triggers was Lily crying. Um, mm-hmm. it was such an assault on his, um, senses that he would yeah. go in the other room. Um, he would rip the sheets off of his bed. Um, and so like he would just have an absolute meltdown. And so for me, I just wanted so badly to have him be okay. And mm-hmm. I just wanted Lily to stop crying. Like, yeah. I just, I, I couldn't let her just be a baby and, and cry and, you know, um, yeah you know, sit in the crib for one minute extra while I go to the bathroom like that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do any of that or I felt like I couldn't do anything. Yeah. That. Like you had to control, you had to feel like you had to control the situation immediately. Right. Yeah. Before it um, got too crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, around that time and my part of journey with Lily, I had intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. um, just, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know how much of this, like I can say, (laughs) but like, you know, just, um, like shaking her or, you know, all these crazy, you know, images just flooded through my brain, Mm -hmm. which like falling down the stairs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, and of course none of it, I would ever do, you know, nobody with intrusive thoughts, you know, (laughs) wants those intrusive thoughts, um, brought to light. They don't, you know, want them to be acted on, of course. Um, but then my mom said, and she had never really mentioned this before, but she said that she had the, the most intrusive thoughts, um, after me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, it was nice to hear that a lot of my family struggles with their mental health. Yeah. Um, and it's a big, uh, uh, like we freely talk about it. 
we talk about um, diagnoses, we talk about meds, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, to have my mom acknowledge that, you know, something wasn't totally right um, in my brain um, was like just so affirming and Mm. um, uh, it just felt good to be heard and also to know someone that had gone through a similar situation. Um, And then two years later, (laughs) uh, when TJ went to Afghanistan, which I, Mm. you know, I, I feel like having a two-year-old, you're still in that postpartum. Oh yeah. Um, uh, was when I decided to get on an antidepressant and, you know, uh, changed my life you know, it helped so much. So, um, so yeah, that, that was Lily. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. Let me get my card for Clementine. (laughs) Okay. So my postpartum, uh, journey with Clementine, uh, like I've, I've taken, you know, notes. And the first thing I wrote down was it was a dream. It was Mm -hmm. an absolute dream. Um, I, you know, had talked to my doctor about staying on medication and she felt, you know, confident in, you know, me, uh, choosing that. And so I continued on with my medication, um, because she was, uh, just shy of full term. We had an extra night in the hospital. Mm Um, I, it I should also note that I birthed all three babies at three different hospitals <laughs> and, oh, wow. and that was, you know, that was a, a total, a totally different experiences for all three. And yeah, um, and I think, I feel like ho- different hospitals do things a little bit differently each time. Yes. So differently. And part of why Clementine's, uh, uh, birth and, you know, postpartum start were so great was I was at Hogue. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an ocean view. Ocean. It was so great. It was so great. We would watch the planes come in yeah. and then would, you know, look out at the ocean. It was fantastic. Right. Uh, you just watch like ships coming in and out of the marina and yes, it's just it, tranquil. It, it was, it was, it was absolutely delightful. um uh and we had an extra night there and I I was recalling this with my husband TJ and he was like oh yeah we man that was like being at a hotel like it was just (laughs) fantastic um this time around I just felt so confident in um like with every lactation consultant that came in Mm -hmm. I would give them a you know, one minute cap of, uh, one minute cap. That doesn't make any sense. A one minute, um, synopsis of my life Yes. and, um, you know, why I'm choosing not to nurse Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they all said, okay, no problem. Goodbye. Have a great, (laughs) let me know if you need anything. And that's what I needed to hear. Um, yeah. You know, I needed to hear support and encouragement and, um, yeah, uh, not like, here, well, maybe do you want to try or nobody like pressuring you, but it was just like, right. great. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you have two kids and you've to, Oh, okay. Well then I think maybe you know what you're doing, but like, <laughs> you know, uh, it felt, you know, validation. Um, so, so yeah. And, um, a big part of that, like also not trying again was that, you know, Caleb, he was seven when Clementine was born and, um, yeah, I, I didn't know how he would act, you know, or react this time versus when he was two. I knew he would yeah. be better about it, um, uh, having grown and, you know, working with him, um, using lots of different tools. Um, but yeah, and, I, and just having support, you know, like having babysitters and, you know, family. Um, is such a big part of our lives with autism, being an -hmm. an autism family, that um, I wanted to be able to hand off the baby if I needed to and not, you know, overly stressed about it. So yeah, yeah, I felt totally confident in that. Um, She wasn't the best sleeper. She (laughs) took like cat naps. And it drove me nuts. But at the same time, I just kind of let go of that. And I don't know, I don't know if it was, you know, um, having a baby, you know, in my thirties versus my twenties, or if it was Mm -hmm. just that it was my third baby or just, you know, uh, who she was, but it, it, it didn't stress me out as much as it would have with mm. Caleb or Lily not being yeah. great sleepers. Um, uh, yeah. And we just, I just enjoyed her infancy so much. And then I, I feel bad that I didn't, you know, enjoy Lily's infancy cause I was super concerned with Caleb. And then mm-hmm. with Caleb, you know, I was stressed. I wasn't in my own house. I was, you know, um, all of these extenuating circumstances, yeah. but, um, but with Clementine, whatever, you know, whatever it was, I, we just, man, we ate her up. We didn't want her to get big. Like oh. with all of my kids, I've always like, I, I just, I want you, I want you at the next stage. I want you at the, like, I want you to be sitting. Okay. Now I want you to be walking. Okay. Now I want you to be able to verbally communicate with me. Yeah. But with Clementine, it was just, oh man, we just soaked it all up. Yeah, uh, like she was just your baby. Yes. Um, and we knew uh, we knew that she would be our last one. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, there was just, I don't know, something different about that. So, um, and also, you know, continuing on my meds, I'm sure that probably had a big part of yeah. it. Um, but also, like, I had my people now, you know, I had my friends who, you know, had, you know, gone through all of their pregnancies finally. And, um, uh, Clementine was the first baby that I had, you know, a meal train for it. And that was like the best ever. I was like, this is great. Where was this, you know, so many years ago. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. It sounds like there was just like a lot more support and then just like you feeling confident in everything that you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Um, 
yeah, feeling confident in, you know, my choices, but then also that support system is just so important. Yeah. Um, do you feel like the support came naturally with Clementine? Like you already had had it, or do you feel like you kind of like sought out support in that time? Ooh, that's good. You know what? I, I already had it, uh, yeah. I will say, but, um, and this is hard for me as an Enneagram too. Mm. <laughs> Not only did I ask for help, but I accepted help. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, boy, do I like to, you know, do it, do it myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and then my one wing, you know, wants to do it the right way. So yes. <laughs> it's not just yes. doing it myself, but it's doing it the right way. So, um, yeah, I, I learned to, uh, not only ask for help, but accept it. And that was, that was definitely, um, a big part of having a smoother postpartum journey with Clementine for sure. Yeah. Is there any wisdom you want to share that you've learned over the course of your three postpartum journeys? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess first just have your people, Mm -hmm. um, get people, know them and have them, um, you know, being able to call somebody at a moment's notice is, you know, of course, super helpful. And then having people around you that you can be open and honest with about your mental health, about, um, all of what's going on with your body too, Mm -hmm. is just, um, it's, it's so important. It really is so vital. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and also, also knowing that you're not alone, um, Mm -hmm. and that you're not the only person who's been through what you're going through. And I think that that translates like for everything in life, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. but, or it should, but, um, yeah, growing a baby, birthing a baby, and then healing from a baby are all such, you know, life-changing things that, um, really like sharing stories, listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and, um, all of that is just so, it's so important. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, just to ask for help and allow people to help you because people do want to help. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and even if it's not done in the way that you want, just let it be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Say yes, say thank you. Um, and yeah, that's it, I guess. That one's so hard. I, I feel like when people want to help, it's so tempting to want to control how they help. Oh yeah. And you like the hardest. I feel like part of that, I feel (laughs) like you can do part of that. I I feel like that's okay to do. (laughs) (laughs) You are preaching to the choir. Um, but it is, it is hard. And that's, I don't know. That's why it's so important because like, especially with raising kids, not just having a baby and healing Mm -hmm. from it and all of that, but having kids and having a family, like it really does take a village. And I know that that's Mm -hmm. term is used like over and over, but yeah, 
A's are cliches for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. what's funny is yeah. in my, when I was in my psychology courses, uh, we talked about that phrase about the people saying it takes a village or whatever, but mm-hmm. in the family systems theory class, they mm-hmm. talk about how that's actually just like not some silly phrase we've come up with, but like there was a time and place where it really did take a village and kids would be out running around and other mothers would go care for other people's children and be a part of that. And so it's not just like, oh yeah, get your ducks in a row and have some people around. It's like, no, really, like you need people to teach your kids other things because there's some things that they, they can't learn from you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my friends and I, um, Jenna and Sarah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we always talk about like, can't we just all have like three houses with like one backyard <laughs> and I'm just going to send them over. And it sounds oh very, it sounds very big love. <laughs> um, uh, very like, uh, yeah, but it, man, it would just be, uh, yeah. To let them like have this, this, the, and in the Midwest, I'm pretty sure like the backyards are like that where there's just like no there fence no and fences. they run into each other. That's what we yeah. all need. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Having your people saying yes to help, um, and, um, knowing that you're not alone. You're not the only one. Yeah. All good things. Yeah. It's a good thank time. You. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. This is so great. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I love it. I love what you're doing. I love the podcast so much. Um, and I love all you speaks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> If you're struggling with symptoms of postpartum depression, anxiety, or rage, I encourage you to talk about it with someone who feels safe. Your partner, OB, or pediatrician may be good places to turn to express your feelings. Feel free to visit my Instagram bio for other resources at Speaking Postpartum. And if you're feeling any feelings about hurting yourself, please call the National Mental Health Hotline at 1-800-662-HELP.